Thank you so much for being a listener of the Deep Believer Show. We love our listeners, we pray for our listeners, and we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have anything you'd like to say, if you have any testimonies, or if you have any questions, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a listener of The Deep Believer Show. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, we have a return guest. Her name is Julie Lopez. Her last video was phenomenal. This time, she's talking about teen suicide and depression and youth and childhood suicide and depression. This is big nowadays, and Julie's going to touch on this. Her being an ex-witch, she knows the background of a lot of the things and the techniques that the enemy uses. So we're going to talk about that and discuss how we can break the chains of depression, how uh, we can break the chains of the thoughts of suicide. And we're just going to bring a lot of things to light. And we also hope that a lot of parents are watching right now, that this will help and encourage them as well. So Julie, thank you so much for being on again. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for inviting me a second time. I'm so excited to be here with all of you and speak about this. Thank you, Julie. So we're going to just recap, touch on a little bit of our last conversation, specifically on your childhood, because we know that you were a fifth generational witch. But as you became a teenager, things got pretty hard for you. You were still in witchcraft. But as things got hard for you, you still knew a lot and you knew why things were happening to you. So could you just explain a little bit of your youth and a little bit of your childhood that made you um, fall into serious depression and multiple attempts of suicide? So, yes. Yeah, so um, as I um, explained in my, in my previous uh, video, I come from a witchcraft background, but also I come from a for, from a lot of abuse, physical and psychological abuse. So since a really young age, um, I experienced a lot of um, abuse, um, bad wars. Uh, my great grandmother, she was the one that raised uh, my mom because my mom's mom died when my mom was nine. And my great grandmother kind of like raised three generations and me. So she was the one, but also because of the background that she had, she herself experienced a lot of abuse, physical, psychologically. So that's what she was giving to each one of us. And I remember a lot of things that happened to me. One of them was that um, one of the abuses that I experienced was that every time that I used to cry, they used to put my head in a, it looks like kind of like in a place with water and they used to kind of like put my head there for seconds. And they used to take me out so I wouldn't stop crying. So I grew up experiencing those things. Sometimes if I answer back, they used to like burn my mouth with a spoon. So they used to put the, the, the spoon burn and put it in my mouth so I wouldn't answer back. So all of that, I grew up with that. And that brought in me a lot of fear, a lot of, you know, fear for authorities, um, fear of uh, speaking, fear of saying the, the, the things that I thought that they were right. So I grew up just with a lot of fear. 
And uh, a lot of abuse psychologically, then also I was molested when I was young. So that opened a portal for me to kind of like be afraid of men, be afraid of like even my dad, like no one wanted him to be around because I, I was scared. And obviously the background also from my family come from a lot of like um, sexual abuse too. So there was like an iniquity passing there, a generational thing passing to me. So I grew up like that with all of the fear, all of the rejection, all of the abuse. And when I became a teenager, when I started to be more involved in the occult, uh, when I was consec consecrated to this spirit guide, um, to this principality, that is when all of these emotions, all of that hate, all of that you know, psychological issues that I went through when I was young, it started to explode. And that's why I became rebel because of re rejection. So rejection opened the door to rebellion. So now I started to be, you, you know, quite angry towards my mom to the point that we used to have a lot of fights. And I mean, physically fights, like hitting her, a lot of anger. And she was obviously because of the way that she was raised too, she used to have a lot of hate inside of her. So she never knew how to give me love on how to communicate. So the way that we learned to communicate were you know, screaming and calling us name and hitting each other. So I grew up with all of that hate toward her. And obviously when my dad died, that exploded because I used to think that because of her, my dad died. So uh, when I was a teenager and I was doing learning about witchcraft and all of that, I started to become depressed. And I just thought that, you know, that everything that I went through, that nobody kind of like loved me because I just felt alone. I felt like I can't even go out with my friends because my mom was really a street. She wouldn't even let me go to the cinema or go out. Well, she was so paranoid that something would happen to me that I couldn't have a normal life. So that put me in a, in a well of desperation and anxiety and suicide. And I started to, you know, drink. So I became alcoholic. Like my, my, my parents actually didn't know that. But every day before, after school, I used to go home and drink. And because they used to come quite late, they never realized that I was struggling with alcohol. And then I realized that also my mom struggled with alcohol and that there is an iniquity there that it was passing. And we didn't know. And after that, also with some issues in the school and all of that, that led me to try to commit suicide. And obviously I was trying to find that love, that acceptance in, in, in men. And obviously every time they, they used to break my heart, I, I used to just feel like I'm done. I, I'm not good for nothing. This is awful. I want to die. And that's when I started to, you know, to try to commit suicide. That's when I started to just cut myself the first time. I remember I took some pills to sleep and I was alone at home. And I remember my brother, he was by that point, he was nine. He arrived and he was the one that called the ambulance. He called my mom, the ambulance, uh, the doctors told him to keep me away, to give me stuff. So he was the one that kind of like saved me. And, um, and I remember since, since that moment, and I just entered into you know, a circle of depression, anxiety and suicide that it was actually broken when I became Christian. And, but even when I accepted Jesus and I just wanted to change, 
I was still dealing with suicide. So this is what people think. You made the prayer of faith. You are completely safe. It's done. No, I did the prayer of faith. I, 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 I wanted to change. I left witchcraft. I left all of those, those things because I actually wanted to change. But when I moved in here, because I met from God in Spain, when I moved in here, I tried to commit suicide for the last time. And I was a Christian there. I was trying to change there. And I, that was the last time that I tried to commit suicide. And I told God, if you are actually real, help me to get out of this because I can't take this anymore. And that was actually the last time that I tried to kill myself. The Lord delivered me from that, even as a Christian. And even until now, I don't have thought of trying to die because now I understand that's not the way. My life is not actually my life. It doesn't belong to me. And something that, that I learned is that everything has solution apart from death. If you, are, if you are dead, that doesn't have any solution. But everything has solution apart from death. So when I come out of that, I started to have this passion for mental health. So that's when I went to university and I studied psychology. After I finished that, I wanted to learn more about children, mental health issues, how, uh, uh, how, um, how to help children. Because I, I see that children and young people are so, you know, bind to this spirit of suicide, drug addiction, depression, anxiety. And I just started to tell the Lord, I want to learn more about this. I don't know how you are going to use me, but I want to be able to help families and children that are experiencing with this. And the Lord then positioned me in a school to work with children with mental health issues. And in there, I just learned that, you know, the main issues that the kids struggle with are born at home. So they used to bring all of those issues into the school, all of that depression, anxiety, um, all of those disorders. And when I used to sit with them, I actually asked them about their houses. I realized, wow, the main issue that they are struggling with is not that they have an issue, it's not that they are hyperactive, it's not that they have learning disabilities. The issue is that the, the stuff that they are going through in their houses and all the issues, all the divorce, the fights and all of that is affecting them. And now they are coming to school and it's affecting them academically too. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like how my teenage years were and um, yeah, how the Lord kind of like saved me from that. Wow. So basically what you're saying is, is that most of the time when kids fall into depression or suicide, it comes from the home first usually yes exactly and that's something that i want to explain deeper why i'm saying this and and you know we think that the enemy is outside destroying our children but the enemy is actually infiltrated in the families and we don't even know like the families are the center of society if the families if you have a strong family, if you, the families in society are strong and unified, the enemy can come against us. Why? Because we are raising a strong, independent and children with an identity that are not going to turn to the things of the world because they are going to know who they are and they are not going to have to go to the world to feel the emptiness that they don't have at home. And that's why the enemy is not using drugs to destroy our children, is using as parents. 
that we haven't healed, that we haven't been delivered, that we haven't been set free of those traumatic experiences. And now we are raising our kids that way. And we are thinking that, that abusing them, hitting them, screaming to them, that that's normal. When in reality, the enemy is covering all of that to make, make us think that's fine. When in reality, he's using that to destroy our children. So the main enemy that the children have nowadays is the, the parents, is us. So that's why we have to be careful with the way that we are raising our children and pay and, and, and put a special emphasis in healing ourselves as parents. You know, asking God to show us the areas that we need to change in order for us not to put that anger and all the frustration in our, in, in our children. What do you think changed where kids are now contemplating suicide and um, depression? What, what, what happened? Because so we know it comes from the parents, right? A lot of times, a lot of, not all the times, but a lot of times it comes from the parents. But what happened before our parents? Was it like that? Do you know if it was like that before our parents or our parents' generation raised us? So as I said, the suicide, depression, anxiety, that I believe that the teenagers are and, and young people are experiencing today, it starts at home, right? So obviously the parents at some point, like you can give what, what, what you don't have. So if we have families that are giving that to the children, it most likely that they were raised like that too. So there was something there that opened the portal to rejection, maybe also an iniquity of suicide of death in their family. So it goes back. And I have found this in deliverance. So I'm not saying this you know, I'm saying this from experience, from my own experience, but also when I have done deliverance on people, I actually like to sit when I used to do one-one. I used to sit with them and kind of like asking them questions and trying to find out their past. So when parents were coming because of their children, when I started to find out about them, they were coming from the same background. And then if we go back, their grandparents were raised like that too. So they were passing all of that rejection into the generational line, but it's going to stop until one of them decides to stop. In my case, it was me. I said to myself, this is going to end in me because I started to see that my son, he is seven. He was starting to be affected by the things that I was doing, by the things that I was saying to him. And he was only three or four. And I was like, no, 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 father, there's something in here that I need to change please show me, please help me. And that's why he started to show me depression, anxiety, suicide, rejection, iniquities, and how that affected. So when the Lord like, kind of like, took me through a process of healing and deliverance, now he gave me the strategies to help my seven-year-old to overcome that because I was starting to see patterns and things in his life that, you know, now I identify those are a stronghold. Those are things that we need to break. So now the Lord gave me strategies to help my son overcome those things because I believe in deliverance and it's powerful, but we also need to teach people and children how to maintain the deliverance. What to do after you have been going through a process of healing and deliverance because some people miss or lose their deliverance because they, they don't know what to do after that. So that's kind of like what I'm doing with my son now. But I don't really, I, I believe that 
it comes from the background, it comes from iniquities, it comes from the parents, and you start to identify, okay, my mom was raised like this, my granddad was raised like this, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and then you realize, wow, most of these behaviors come from like back from your ancestors until you decide, okay, this is going to stop in me. My children are not going to deal with the same issues that me or my ancestors deal with. Let's dive deep because you're talking about stuff that's really deep because it's getting to the root, like our last interview, how you mentioned people are focused on the leaves of the tree, but they need to get down to the root of it. So the parents, us parents, you know, I'm a parent, you're a parent, many of us are parents, we need to go down to the root of the issue. So how do parents identify that? Because there's some people who are watching and they're like, okay, maybe it is something that me or my husband uh, or my wife or you know, my child's father, whatever situation you may be in, how do I identify that? How do I identify that there's an issue or there's a generational thing that may be affecting my child and I don't want it to go to my child and I don't want it to go down to my grandchildren. So how do you identify the issue? So sometimes I see that as, as parents, we just put all the pressure in our children. We say, oh, my son is too rebellious. Oh, why is he in gangs? Why is he in the street? And you actually come against the person instead of identifying the strong man behind that is causing your son to be like that. And I see that is a big mistake because we are putting all that pressure on them when it's reality. It might be something that we have done that we need to break. So the first step is, and this is what I see that a lot of parents do, they first identify something is going on with my kid. My kid is reacting. I see a lot of fear in my son. I see, you, you know, he's not socializing. He's not speaking. I see that there is some delay issues in the, in the speech. I see that, you know, my son now is coming from school and is becoming rebellious, is having a lot of anxiety, is now being involved in guns, drugs, uh, drug addiction. So all of these things now you start to see that my son is not or my daughter is not who they used to be. So now what you have to do next is, okay, now as the Holy Spirit, what open portals, what have you done? And I find that the majority of the times where I see teenagers with a lot of fear, with a lot of uh, in schools, with a lot of anxiety, with suicide thoughts, is because the way the parents were raised them, right? A lot, a lot of parents, you know, believe, especially in my culture, like you need to hit your children to teach them a lesson. And I know that in African cultures, is the same. You need to hit your kid to show them a lesson, right? And uh, and it's all in the Bible, it says in Proverbs that, um, in English, I don't know how to translate that, that the stick, right? That we need right. to kind of like hit them with a stick. I don't know how to say exactly. But when I started to ask the Lord, because I feel fr frustrated because I'm like, that's the way I was raised. And I was like, that caused me a lot of issues. And I was just having a debate with the Holy Spirit. I was like, that can't be the way. I need you to show me. I know this has a deeper meaning. And I started to do a study and investigate. And it actually, it doesn't mean a literally a stick. It's related with the word of God. It's related to the way that you are teaching your children. And I also see now uh, in churches, they, have, they are selling the stick 
with the Bible verse. And I'm like, I, I, it, it's just frustration of like, you know, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And, and people say, oh, I'm just hating them with love. And just saying, oh, Proverbs say, you know, and, and, and when I ask the parents, they're like, no, 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 I'm hating them, but I'm telling them I love you. And I'm like, are you serious? We get so offended when men are hating women, but they, we don't get offended when parents are hating children or teenagers that are learning to regulate their emotions. So it's just insane. Like, I know men shouldn't hit women and women should, should, shouldn't hit men, but why we don't feel frustration when children are being abused? Why don't we feel frustrated when children that are learning to regulate their emotions, right? Even us, as adults, sometimes we struggle with certain emotions and we get anxious and we cry and we feel angry. Now imagine children or teenagers that are going through the phase of learning to regulate their emotions and we are not protecting them. And so the parents need to, okay, first identify what's the issue in their children, then come with the Holy Spirit and see if you have opened the portal through your words, through the way that you speak to them, if you have opened the portal for a spirit of rejection, because the spirit of rejection brings, brings resentment, anger, bitterness, which leads to rebellion, which then leads to witchcraft. Okay, and witchcraft is not only, you know, magic spells and incantations and or occultism. Witchcraft, the meaning of witchcraft is control and manipulation. So that's why we have teenagers that are so controlling and manipulative and they are out there trying to control and manipulate through guns and through other things. So we actually see that one of the main issues is rejection. So parents need to actually sit with the Holy Spirit and in prayer and fasting, analyze okay maybe me as a parent I deal with rejection maybe where this comes from was it because my parents were really bad with me once you identify that now you realize I need to forgive my mom and this is something that I thought I come through a process of deliverance and even now I'm talking to my mom and we are friends and we're doing ministry together now the Holy Spirit say but there's something that you haven't dealt with 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 her Right. So even as Christians, we need to continue analyze ourselves, especially as parents. And this is what I say. Don't get into a marriage if you haven't healed yourself first, because if no, your marriage is going to reflect the past traumas that you had. If it's not your marriage, it's going to be your children. So that's why for me, it's important to tell people that are not married yet. It's fine. You don't need to rush. Make sure that you go through a process of healing. So when you marry, you don't put all of those traumas in your husband or in your children. So that's kind of like the, the way. A lot of people do, uh, when they get married, they bring their life into the marriage. And then I always say, when people get married, you're molding two lives together. One lived a completely different life. The other one lived a completely other life. You're bringing that together and you're bringing, both are always bringing baggage, but it's so much easier when you tackle the issues and um, the things that you're battling with first, so you can come into a relationship healed. And that's excellent that you said that. Also, you reminded me when you said that you went to the store and you saw a rod or a stick. Now they sell it in Christian stores. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you mentioned how they have Bible verses on it. I remember when I was growing up, um, we had attended a church and, um, the pastor of the church had a paddle 
and she was spanked the children. And when this pastor was spanked the children, the pastor was like, okay, but let me get something that's more effective. So the pastor went out and bought a stick, had it nicely coated and all that. And on it, it said, Holy Ghost. So whenever she was spanked the children, it was a, I mean, the kids were basically being beat with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so I think that's wrong. So, and I, I don't, I don't think that was a godly thing because now kids would be afraid of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if that was a technique from the enemy to make kids afraid of the Holy Ghost, because now a pastor is beating children in the butt with, you know, the Holy Ghost. And I also did research on the rates for suicide and depression in America. And according to NBC News, it says that in 2021, the rates for ER visits that had to do with attempted suicide rates among children 12 to 17 spiked 22.3%. By the end of the year, it raised to 39.1%. Why do you believe the enemy is after the children? What is it about our children that he wants or that he wants to destroy about them? The enemy has been after our children is not something new. Since the beginning of time, we know that the enemy's strategy has always been to kill the next generation. And first, we see, we see a lot of examples in the Bible, and we see that Pharaoh, he sent to kill all young boys, hoping that he will kill the one that, you know, that will bring salvation to the Hebrews. And we are talking about Moses. So that was one of the first ones that we see that the enemy was chasing to killing children. And then we see in the Bible when a, a herald sent to kill all the two-year-old and, you know, trying to kill Jesus. So the enemy uses the same strategies with different generations. So now one of the things that the enemy is doing, abortion. So that is one of the ways that now he is using to kill our next generation. And this is something that people don't understand. And is that in the occultism, you know what they do? They train children from a really young age because it is easy for them to train young people. And the same happened, for example, in my country, you know, there used to be a lot of um, terror um, attacks and, and guns and all of this. And, and I know that this also happens in Eastern countries. So what they do is that when there's war, they kidnap young boys and young girls to trade them for, for war. So the enemy is scared of our next gener generation because if we trade them and we equip them from a really young age, they are going to become a danger for the kingdom of darkness. And this is what it says in, in, in um, Proverbs 22. It says, start children of on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will know turn from in. And this is why um, we should put a special emphasis in training and equipping children for the spiritual warfare and the prophetic. And something really powerful that the Lord told me was that the enemies after children, obviously because children are a powerful weapon, right? It says that, that uh, um, it's, it's a Bible verse in Psalm 8 that I love. And it gives us a strategy. And it says that it, it, it actually says, you have taught children and infants to give you praise, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. And there is another verse that says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemy. 
to silence the fool and the avenger. So that is a strategy that the, the children that worship, the children that know how to worship, there is a strategy there to silence the enemy. And that's a strategy that the Lord gave me for the spiritual warfare, because I was too scared of bringing my kids for you know, a spiritual warfare, for the cities, for deliverance. And the Lord told me they're the most powerful weapon for deliverance because they that's why it says that the kingdom of God belongs to the children that's why Jesus said don't harm my little ones because they have a heart that I see that the father is pleased with children and the way they worship right so that's why for the spiritual warfare their praise their worship silence the enemy and that's what I do with my children I tell them when you worship you are silencing the enemy so I believe that's why the enemy is so scared of children and his strategy has been from the beginning of times to try and kill since Moses, since Jesus, now with the abortions, now with, it's always been to kill and destroy our next generation, the next seed that is going to uh, uh, squash his head and destroy him. But that's why we need to learn to train and equip children. My children, I'm teaching them, I'm training them in the prophetic and doing activations with them i'm asking them every morning do you dream something did the holy spirit show you something and a lot of um warnings that the lord has given me has come through my son a lot of the warnings he's been telling me mom uh, i see i saw that johan our little one is going to fall down the stairs and there was an angel chasing him so now we act and we bore a gay that was years ago to stop him from falling. So there was things that the Lord will use your children because there is no Julian, there is no Julian Holy Spirit. So the same spirit that is in us, that was in Jesus, is in them. So if you train them and you equip them, they are going to be powerful. And that's why when you train them to know who they are and you tell them you are unique, if you go to school and they are talking to you about gender and trying to confuse you I my seven-year-old knows this is the way it is it's in the bible this is how created us God created us even science says uh, women and men but so all of that stuff. so I explained to him so if he goes to school now he's not going to be confused because I'm training my son before other people train him and confuse him so that's why the enemy is after our children. And we actually have a big responsibility because when we die, I believe one of the first things that God is going to ask us, what happened with the soul of your son? What happened to them? So that's why we have a big responsibility to train, protect, equip, and raise our next generation because that's the legacy that we are going to live in here. They are the next generation that are going to expand the kingdom of lie and push back dar darkness. Amen. Amen. I agree. And we as parents are our kids' first teachers. What are things that our children need to stay away from that could be open doors um, for the enemy to sneak things in with? Like, for example, um, certain toys or things they watch. Yeah. Could you give a few examples of what us parents need to watch out for, small and older? Yeah, so something that I found out is that it is obviously we are calling the good things evil and the evil things good. And the enemy has infiltrated evil on our faces. And now some even Christians think that the evil things are good. And most of the things are we need to be careful. Even if your son is a teenager, 
you know, you have the authority in your house. He's, he's under your roof, okay? So the things that we need to be careful is the things that they watch, read and listen. Those are important things that we need to be careful, like occultism books, occultism movies, cartoons that are like magic and, and you know, that are teaching witchcraft, um, violence, obviously Disney. Disney is such a witchcraft. Every time that we are gonna sit and watch a movie, I first make sure that you know it doesn't have any kind of witchcraft or spells or weird things also rock music why the enemy also uses music because the different notes open portals in the spiritual realm that's why rock music they use the lowest kind of like uh, notes because when you are playing those lowest notes is opening a portal for demons that's why when you are listening to um to this music that is really high, that's like the, 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 the level of heaven, the music of heaven. And that's why we need to be careful, even with those type of things, because the enemy understands that. And the enemy is infiltrated through music. And now we see a lot of teenagers following these people that are using, uh, that the enemy is using then to bring dead. And one of them is Travis, this guy, uh, uh, that did this concert and a lot of young people die and that was exactly a, a, a ritual a sacrifice that some famous people have to do in order for them to expand their power because once the co the contract that they signed with blood is finished if they want to leave they have to do a bigger sacrifice if no the enemy is going to come for them or for the family so the way that they have to do is that they have to sacrifice and that that you saw there in the concert it was literally a sacrifice from the dove burning at the beginning from all the symbols from the music everything was a ritual and you see that a lot of young people died there the the the, the portals of hell were opened that night and a lot of people die and were sacrificed that, that night. So that's why music, magic book, books, all of those things are dangerous for children, for teenagers, even from us. We need to be careful. Also toys related to witchcraft, like crystals. And I see a lot of toys now with crystals, with magic balls, with magic wounds. Like we need to be careful with each one of those things. No occultism, no witchcraft, no violence. Even like every time that you buy something, ask the Holy Spirit what you are bringing into the house. And I also train in my kids. Look, my three-year-old, when he thinks that he shouldn't watch something, he comes and he tells me, mommy, can he watch this? And he's only three and he's learning to speak now. He knows that Halloween is a no for us in the house. They know, they turn the thing off because they know that that is a no. And when there is something that they can watch, they ask me first. So you are also training your children that they don't have to rely on you, that they know, oh, this is not good. And you explain to them why. I'm not scared of telling them that darkness is real, but you need to also tell them that we have a powerful God. But there's no one like Jesus, that these demons and darkness is nothing in compared to the power of Jesus and the power of the cross. So Halloween is another one that we should be careful. She, children shouldn't be practicing Halloween. This is a night where, uh, you know, there, there, there are a lot of human sacrifices and people don't know that. So they put the spells and everyone that practices Halloween is cursed. And you can celebrate Halloween and tell me that you are a Christian. 
you tell me that because light and darkness don't go good together. And in the Bible says that you need to decide who are you going to serve. Are you going to serve darkness or are you going to uh, uh, to serve light? And when you celebrate Halloween, you turn your legal rights, you give the enemy the legal rights and you dedicate yourself and your kids to celebrating the devil's holiday. And what happened is that now there is an open portal for for drug addiction, for death, for accidents, for infirmities. So Halloween is dangerous. We shouldn't be celebrating Halloween. We shouldn't be partnering with darkness. You don't see satanists or you don't see witches saying, I'm really excited to go to Sunday church. You white Christians can't wait for Halloween. White Christians are decorating the house and opening the portal to the enemy. Why, why we are doing that? We shouldn't be doing that. If Satan is not excited to go to church with us to worship Jesus on Sunday, why we are excited for Halloween? And that's something that Christians need to be careful. And that's something that makes me wholly angry, like a holy anger of like, we, like the enemy is infiltrating these things and is unknown. And even my son, he goes to school and parents ask, so how do you, 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 you know, my kid is coming from school and, and he's sad because he's not celebrating Halloween. My son goes to school and people in there celebrate. But I told him since he was four, since he understood, I told him, I explained to him what darkness brings. I explained to him what the enemy is doing to deceive the children. And I'm not scared of telling him. And then he goes to school and he knows. And what my seven-year-old is doing now, he's saying that he is rec recruiting an army for Jesus in a school. He's going in class and he is evangelizing to the children and children are coming to him for prayer and deliverance. And he's training other children, how do they pray? And he told me a few weeks ago that one of his best friends, he is teaching him because he says, I'm training my army. So he has a few kids that they are his best friends. And they went to another kid and they asked him, do you feel something? Do you feel sad? And the kid said, oh, yes, I'm not feeling good. So my son asked them, can we pray for you? And the kid said, yes. So his best friend put the hands, my son put the hands on him and he tell him, repeat this. So this, this kid was repeating what my brother was saying and they were doing deliverance in this seven year old. And at the end, my son asked him, do you feel something? And the, and the kid said, like, oh yes, I feel different. And he said, that's Jesus. Do you wanna receive Jesus? And now they did the prayer of faith. So now he's expanding that. So instead of partnering with darkness and teaching him darkness is real. If you see that your friends you know, are saying something like darkness, speaking dead, or don't partner with that, bring light. So you train your kids. So when they go, the enemy is not training them, but then your seven-year-old, your six-year-old is, 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 is being trained to take darkness even in a school from a really young age. So Halloween is a definitely no for children. And another thing that I see is early sexualization and pornography exposure. And this is something that parents, we need to be careful with having sex with your kids are, are around. Why? Because they might hear you. They might see you. Like, be careful with that. Don't watch sexual content like violence or, or sex movies or things like this with them because that opens the portal for them to early sexualization. And there is a case that is quite, it's quite, it's quite sad, but... Um, this little girl in um, the nursery, 
um, in this in this in this place. She was like she was like five, four, five, and every day she used to be under the table. This is quite strong, so if you have children, please move them. Um, and she used to be under the table every day, and she used to be just masturbating herself every single day. The nurse was with five, six year olds touching herself, hiding. So obviously the, the, the people there were alert because one of the signs that she, that you, if you see a kid, if you see a, a young, like a little boy or, or girl that are doing these things that they are masturbating themselves. So watching porn, I see a lot of seven year old watching porn, insane. If they're doing that, there is a sign that they have been exposed to early sexualization and probably pornography. So now what these people did, obviously they have to talk to the parents. They call the social service because that's also one of the signs of rape and molestation. So they have to call, um, they have to call so, uh, social service and the social service contacted the parents and they brought the parents and they asked them, your daughter is doing this. Um, we just want to know because we are going to take the, your daughter from you if you don't tell us what is going on because it's dangerous, right? The, the girl, you, you can't see a five-year-old do, do, doing that. It's, it's insane. And what the parents said was that every time that they have sex, the girl is there in the room. So the little girl is playing, the little girl is just watching stuff, and they're literally having sex with the girl in the room. So we see there that there was like an early sexualization. So even though the little girl doesn't understand what was going on, but there was an open portal and it activates something in them. So for me, like that is so, I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> you don't even imagine. I don't even talk to my son about that yet because it's not the time. But I know that there's gonna be a time where I'm gonna have to sit with him and explain, but we need to be careful with bringing that to the house, exposing them to watch that, uh, uh, trying to have sex around them. Like, we need to be careful. So I believe that these are the things that we need to be careful. Like obviously things that watch, read, listen, toys, early sexualization, Halloween. Those are the things that parents need to be careful with the children and teenagers. And also if you have teenagers, I believe that, you know, we have a responsibility over them and you need to be careful with the things that they are watching. They are teenagers, they are learning to grow, but you need to sit there and explain to them why they shouldn't be doing certain things and bringing those things to your house. Because parents, we are the ones that we need to be careful with the things that come into our house. But obviously we need to be careful with being too, um, how do you call it, uh, authoritarian? Is that how mm -hmm. you pronounce it? We need to be careful how we, bring all of that into our children because the children can also reveal and i believe that the best advice that you can give to your children is your own example it's not about you screaming to them hitting them hiding the things from them but with your example that's the best advice that you can give to your children your own example and if you teach them since a really young age they are going to grow and they are going to see, oh, my mom used to do this and now they are doing it. So we need to be careful because sometimes we try to bring deliverance to our children with carnality. And this is really dangerous. We are screaming then, we hate them, we say bad words, you don't have to do this, I'm gonna remove this and I hate you, blah, blah, blah. But you need to understand that your enemy is not visible. Your enemy is actually invisible. And instead of rebuking your child, 
you need to rebuke the wind. <laughs> and in Mark, this is, reminds me of the, of the story of Mark 4, uh, 39. And we see when Jesus rebuked the wind and spoke to the waves. That is a strategy there. And you know that the wind are a spirits. So the waves, the behaviors are, are caused by the wind, which, is, which are a spirits, demons. When Jesus, it says that Jesus rebuked the wind, but then he spoke to the waves. So I was saying that the winds represents the principality of the earth. There are principalities, spirits, demons, and the waves represent the behaviors. So some of us, we are rebuking the waves and we are speaking to, to the wind, which means that we are rebuking our, 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 our kids, we are rebuking our 16 year old, but we are not even speaking and identifying the principality that is behind. So you need to learn to rebuke the principality and speak to your child. Now, I wanna to touch on a few things that you mentioned before. Um, one is Halloween, one is a huge one. Um, I know it's big in America. I remember you saying that it's not as big in Europe where you are as it is in America, but Halloween is such um, an evil holiday where um, a lot of people, like you say, go missing. There's a lot of child sacrificing, there's a lot of animal sacrificing. And um, even with Halloween, the pumpkins that they have, I know that um, they would actually take a virgin's, a virgin's fat and burn it in the, in the pumpkin and they would carve a face out of it to appease the gods. And that's why you see, you know, uh, a jack-o'-lantern, you know, how they would just burn the fat inside, let it glow. And a jack-o'-lantern would, you know, smile to appease the gods and, or I'm sorry, to appease the demons and the bobbing for apples, how that was actual virgins that they would take the day before Halloween and and they would say, okay, we're going to burn you in this basket, but if you want to escape, you have to bob for this apple and boiling cider. So get this, you know, get this apple the first time, throw your face in this boiling cider. And if you get it the first time, you can live. But if they live, their face was were distorted was distorted. And if they didn't, well, their face would be distorted, burned off, and they would still have to be burned in this huge wicker basket. And then like you have the dressing up and all that stuff that was to appease the demons and began with the druids. So it's, it's a lot of history that Christians especially should um, focus on and they should research and not do it. I remember when I learned about Halloween, probably about 10 years ago, me and my husband said, okay, well, let's have our children do it one last time. Well, guess what? The Bible says, when you know to do something and you don't do it, it's sin, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we let our kids dress up for the last time. I believe this was in 2012. My daughters, you know, were wrestling in our living room. We had some guests with us. And while they were wrestling in the other room, this was on Halloween, mind you. Someone in that room said, wow, your kids are gonna kill each other. Well, guess what? That was an open door because we made a decision to do Halloween. That was the open door. And this person says, wow, they're gonna kill each other. That instant they said that, the very instant they said that, I hear, ow, you broke it. My daughter's arm was broken. We had never had a, I never had a broken bone. My husband never had a broken bone. No wow. one else in our family had never broken bones before. We had to rush her to the hospital. She had a breakage that was pretty serious. It wasn't like a normal um, breakage where you just put a cast on it and it heals itself. She had to go do surgery, had to get pins in her arm. So 
it was an accident, but it was that open door. And ever since then, we don't do Halloween. My kids even tell other kids about, you know, Halloween, don't do it. Um, and like you said, Julie, how your kids, how they would go to school and tell other kids about Jesus and how he's making a, um, an army for Jesus. So my kids would do the same thing, but they would warn them about Halloween and the troops about them. Even though teachers would think they were crazy, my kids didn't care because at least they knew and they wouldn't forget it. Um, now, the music, I want to go to the music though, because you mentioned that, which is really good. Um, you were mentioning a Travis Scott concert, how the news portrayed it as, oh, people were just being trampled on. But I heard that a lot of people in the crowd said there was soul sucking going on where people were just, they were standing in there. Next thing you know, they released, I guess, their last breath and they called it soul sucking. Did you hear that? I actually didn't, didn't hear about the soul sucking, but what happens is that when you are under this kind of atmosphere, you feel drained. You feel that, that like the energy inside of you, that your strength, that you, you lose uh, your strength. And that actually used to happen to me um, before, especially when my dad died, you know, the portal that we open in the house, that all the heaviness. So when I enter in the house, there was like, I felt like so heavy. I felt like something was there, like a blanket on top of me. But at the same time, you feel drained. You feel that your energies disappear. And, and you feel that, that yes, that, you, that your life has been like putting out, but it's because of the heaviness of the atmosphere that is hap happening there. And obviously you are under a principality there. You are the the doors for the demons to come and go have entered them. So what happened is that a stuff is coming inside of you because you are being, being part of a sacrifice. So even if people left that place alive, I'm pretty sure that people that left that place, there was an open portal there. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are going to struggle with, who knows, death, suicide, infirmity, uh, uh, infirmity. So I wouldn't be surprised that there a course was born on them that night. Wow, wow. And I even uh, know, and I've done research and I've heard a lot of people who come out of the music industry mention, these are people who were deep into it. They mentioned what they do to the albums, how um, a lot of the huge people that we know, um, their music, well, their, their record production what they do with the first album is that they take the record, they put into a dark room and they put, Julie, you may help me out with this. They put a circle with the, is it a hex? I don't know. What do you call that thing when they do their rituals? So they, they it, it depends on the kind of ritual. So you have um, rituals that you put a circle of fire. Then you have a, a salt. The salt is made for, uh, for, for, for the spells and, 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 and enchantments that you are going to do. To, pro to bring protection. And so is the pain of the type of ritual that you are doing. Okay, okay, yeah. So they were doing one of those. So they say they do this with most of the albums that are super popular, super famous. They put the record inside of the circle and then they do incantations over and spells. And, and they do spells to release whatever uh, spells that they put on this record will go into the homes of everyone who listens to it. And this is from multiple sources, multiple people who've come out of the music industry expose this stuff. So this stuff is really serious, which is why you were saying earlier how 
when music plays, you feel something. And like we said in our last video, the devil is the great imitator because when we hear worship and when you worship, healings happen and blessings happen when it's worship music, but the enemy likes to copy and, and they have to do all these weird rituals. I have some friends who have, you know, kids who suffer from depression and suicidal thoughts. And like, I'm sure a lot of us know, you know, people like this now, children like this now, and they have artifacts in their rooms. And what do you say, or what advice would you give to people who, who want to take these items out of their children's rooms, but they don't want to due to the fact that the child may get angry? How do you, how do you, you know, converse with your child about, okay, this is not of God, or this is dangerous. What advice would you give to them? So that is a really good question because I know that that actually happens um, quite a lot. I actually had one, one, one case. I did a deliverance in one woman. And after a few weeks, she told me that, that she saw her daughter having depression and, and anxiety. So we had a call and she explained to me how depressed she was, that she, that she saw that she was acting weird, even like suicide. And okay, so we have dealt with rejection in her. I told her, do you think that your daughter could be suffering from rejection of something? So she said, I have asked for forgiveness. Um, I pray with her. And when I, the Holy Spirit gave me like a word of knowledge. And I asked her, is your daughter listening to something that she shouldn't be listening to? And she said, you know what? Let me investigate and I will let, let, let you know. After a, a few days, she calls me and she told me, I found that my daughter has been listening to, is it Billy Elliot? Oh, Billy Eilish, yes. She was like, she told me, I found out that she is been watching her videos, that she's been listening to her music and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, that's one of the reasons, see, why you have to be careful with music because you were saying before they consecrate these, uh, these albums and what they do is that they do a ritual with blood because when there is blood, these principalities gain power, right? So I'm not surprised that in those rituals they are releasing, they are doing a sacrifice with blood so the demon behind that becomes powerful. Um, so what happens is that I told her, okay, first of all, before you go to speak to her, so this is what we should do. Before you go to speak to her, you need to pray and prepare the atmosphere. If you are gonna deal with a situation that it can turn in, in your, against you, before you go, you need to prepare the atmosphere by sitting, praying, worshiping. And what you are going to do is that you are going to bind, mute and confuse every spirit that's moving behind your kid. As we said before, we rebuke the wind and we speak to the waves. So we are going to, going to come with what is moving behind the issue of our kid, right? So first, a, a, a pray, worship, rebuke, bind, and mute the spirit of suicide, depression, every spirit of lie, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of, of argument, of division, you bind and mute and confuse them in Jesus' name. Then you go and you speak to your son and you are going to explain to them. She did that. So she went, she sit with the daughter, she prayed, she did that and she told her, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit showed me that 
you are feeling this way, uh, 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 that you are sensing these things is because of what you have been listening. So she started to show her why this girl wasn't good for her. And obviously I haven't watched the videos because I believe there's a lot of demonic stuff going, going there, but I have seen the lyrics and I have seen shots of the videos, like pictures of some parts of the video, which is absolutely insane. That girl is demon possessed. That girl is being used by Satan and the enemy is using her to slave a whole generation that are now following her. And I found recently that she's also dealing with depression and anxiety. So because of that, now she's dealing with those things and she's having some gender issues that she's struggling with. So the man went and talked to her, explained to her, um, told her, you need to repent for that. And then I'm going to pray for you. So the mom to her to like a prayer, renouncing that they remove all of those things. So before you enter into an argument with your teenager, what you have to do is prayer and you bind what is moving behind. So you prepare the atmosphere before you go in and face them and you talk to them and you ask Lord, open the eyes, give them a, 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 an understanding. And this also happened with uh, why one of my spiritual daughters that she was uh, doing, we were doing a deliverance and I told her, first of all, you're going to cleanse your house. Before we anoint your house, you remove every object in your house, everything that you see that is an open portal, because we see a lot of people anointing the demons. So what we have to do is, first of all, you remove everything for your house. And she told me that her, her son, her teenager, he's 18, 19, had some games of violence and things like this. So she did that and she went to him and she explained to him. She explained, look, the Holy Spirit wants us to remove things in our house that are not from, from God. I'm going to give you the option for you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit if you should remove these things. And the kid went and prayed. Now he had the conviction that he had to break those things, but he thought that the best thing was to sell it. So now the mom say, I want you to pray again and ask the Holy Spirit. He went and pray and he came back and say, no. The Holy Spirit told me to break this because I'm not going to give a course to someone else by selling it, right? So he went there, he broke the things. So that's kind of like how you have to do it. You first prepare the atmosphere because you're not facing your children, you're facing what is behind them. So you bind every confusion, every lie, you bind every manipulation, you bind, mute and confuse the enemy and what is moving behind them. Then you go and you speak to them and just ask the Holy Spirit to take control. And we, we as parents, we need to be transparent. We need to be honest with our children. We can't just say, don't watch this, that's it. This is what you do in my house. You actually need, they need to understand why. You need to explain to them why they can do certain things. And that's why we are gonna build resilient and we are gonna build a strong teenagers and teenagers that are going to understand these things because the parents, are taking their time to sit and actually explain to them. Wow, that's really good. And I, I think that the parents need to not listen to certain <laughs> music either because the kids are around too. It's like, um, it goes hand in hand. And um, a lot of people need to remember that the devil, Lucifer was his name at the time, he was the minister of music in heaven. So he knows how to make music sound beautiful. He knows how to make it sound compelling and, and music that sticks and yeah, give you the right beats and all that stuff. But he knows how to make music to put you in a trance or even 
to, um, you know, to make spells occur because he was the minister of music. So he knows how to make it sound beautiful. So remember, he's really trickery. So Julie, what music would you say as a parent? What, what would you tell parents to encourage their children to listen to certain musics? Because kids love music. I mean, we're in a, yeah. I can't say we're in a music so, age, but. Uh-huh. I understand. And I actually don't like to be legalistic, but my question is, especially for parents and for grown-ups, what level of consecration do you want to have? Because I, I, I was explaining before that everything that enters through our eyes is going to affect what we see in the spirit. So as parents, what we hear is also uh, going to affect what we hear in the spirit. So that's why we need to live a life consecrated. But I would say for me, um, I, I, I don't know if you, if you know, but my husband, he is not Christian yet. Um, so obviously I have to battle with those things, but he knows now that music for me is important. I have worship in my house 24 seven. And obviously if there are lyrics that talk about violence, sex, death, suicide, sadness, don't listen to those things, especially music that you used to listen when you were in the world. Like things that you used to listen when, oh, someone broke my heart, when you were in the club, when you were drinking, because all of those things take you back to that moment and make you feel that and make you come back to those memories. So obviously those things are no, and obviously things like, as I said, like death, suicide, drug, alcohol. I like to listen to, I don't listen to um, secular music, uh, if I'm honest. But if I listen to a song of love or, or something that I, that, that I think, oh, this is, this is cute, I listen to it, but not like all day. It, it might be like one off. And obviously I have created in my house an atmosphere for my husband, my children, they understand the, import, the importance of worship. And I normally have in my house worship 24 seven, instrumental worship or, you know, worshiping everything because all of that, you are releasing that in the atmosphere. So we need to be careful that, you know, witches and satanists, like we used to use music and all of that stuff to enter into trances or, you know, or to do spells or things like that. So that's why it's so important, music. Julie, now that we have a lot of the things where our children need to stay away from, how do you renounce certain curses or curses in general that may be on our children now or even on our families? How do we renounce that? Because parents are like, okay, now I've looked at myself and I think I know where the problem has stemmed from. Or, okay, I've identified the issue in my child. How do I get rid of it? What do I do? How do I make this better? How do um, I lift my child up back to where they're not thinking about killing themselves or they're not in a room sleeping in the dark all day long? What do we do now? How do we renounce this stuff? How do we get deliverance from it? So first of all, I believe that before the kids are being delivered, parents first need to get healed and set free. So once you identify those areas in your life, so let's say that, that, that you see that your kid is in that state of in the room all day, your teenage all day in the room, darkness, down, depressed, playing games all day, not communicating that much so there's something going on there there's isolation that's one of the of the things it's probably depression because they are using games to try to escape or they maybe might be using guns or drugs or alcohol or these things or sex 
sleeping with a lot of women or men to try and fill something there that is empty. So isolation, all of those things is, is kind of like an open portal for rejection. So we as parents, what we have to do, as I said, identify, okay, uh, I was rejected when I was young. I was, you, you know, uh, I suffered a lot of physical abuse, psychological abuse from my parents. So even if you have forgiven them, you need to go through a process of healing again and ask the Holy Spirit, is there something in particular that when I was young um, that I need to heal from? As you are praying and asking the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit might show, might show you traumatic experiences that you suffered when you were young with your parents or the person that raised you, or maybe you felt abandoned one day that your dad left and he never came back or your, or your mom, so you have something there. So first of all, the first step for deliverance and healing is forgiveness. So you are going to analyze yourself and check yourself if there is a root of unforgiveness, unforgiveness against your mom, against your dad, maybe against uh, when you were a teenager and someone hurt you in a school or a teacher or a boyfriend or your grandparents or your brother. So you're going to analyze if there's any unforgiveness. After that, when you identify the rejection, you need to start forgiving you ask for forgiveness to God for allow that stuff to come in you, but then you need to release that people and you need to forgive them too. So you forgive them. And after that, um, if it's rejection because of your mom, you say, mom, I forgive you for abandoning me, for not wanting me, for abusing me, for hitting me, for saying that I wasn't good enough or that I forgive you for abusing my mom for abusing me, um, for raping me, molesting me, because I see a lot of parents also that do that to their children. They um, sexually abuse them. So you need to confess with your mouth and renounce with your mom. You forgive them for this, this, this specific. And after that, you renounce. So what enters through rejection, I'm just giving an example, what enters through rejection is bitterness, is obviously rejection, a, a, a hate, isolation. So you start renouncing those things. So re, um, rejection leads to um, rebellion, which then leads, leads to witchcraft. So you start renouncing. I renounce rejection, the strongman. I renounce rejection and all the minions that enter through rejection, like isolation, suicide, depression, anxiety, rebellion, witchcraft. And you start to renouncing all of those things that you deal with, even in your emotions, anger, all of that that come because of rejection. And as you are renouncing that, when you finish, then you command that principality, that spirit to live because you have removed the legal right that that demon has over you and your generation. So now you say every spirit of rejection and every minion that enter with, with rejection, I command you to leave me right now in Jesus' name. You are going to lose me and my generations. And I break the, spirit, the spiritual umbilical cord that passed the iniquity of rejection, the iniquity of suicide, of death uh, 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 through me and my children. I break it right now with the blood of Jesus. And now, you be, because you have broken that, you have removed that, now you pray for your children. But I want, I want people to understand, it, understand this. And is that rejection is so deep that people think that when one day is done and you have to continue analyzing yourself. Even me now, 
I'm still like the Holy Spirit is still showing me things that I need to repent. It's still showing me uh, things that I need to forgive, that I need to break. Deliverance is daily. Healing is daily. Okay. It, it just can be like one off and that's it. It's daily. That's why we learn self-deliverance. And once we learn that we maintain our deliverance and our children. So once you have done your part, then you pray for your children and it's continuous. And then once you have done that, then you need to start praying uh, that the Holy Spirit will, will help them to open the eyes of the understanding that they will open up with you so they can um, have an honest conversation with you. And for, from that moment, you will start a process of deliverance in them, okay? Um, but also um, you as parents, we also need to understand like we battle this in the spiritual, but we also need to take action in the natural. So if you are someone that you deal with a lot of anger and you scream to them and you call the names, you need to start changing. Because as I said before, the best advice that you can give to your children is your example. So you can be rebuking the spirit behind, but then calling his names or calling her names in the background. So that's why all of this is a process. It's painful, it's long, but it works. And once we identify those roots, those things that we need to break, that we need to renounce, then it's easy for us to um, bring healing and deliverance to our generations. Now, I know I spoke with you about this before, but uh, I moved from my, me and my family, we moved from Connecticut to Colorado a few years ago. And Colorado is an amazing state. It's beautiful. But there's one thing that amazed me, not in a good way, there's so much teenage and youth suicide here. It boggles my mind. Um, a, a, a young man even, you know, jumped off of a cliff last year and, they had, and he attended my kid's school and it was a Christian school, you know? So it shows that the enemy is not a respecter of persons. He could care less, you know, and God is not a respecter of persons. So that goes with uh, the devil being the great imitator, but it's an area, it's an entire area where there's so many depressed children. I've never seen it. We have so much sunlight. I mean, we have 300 days of sunlight here, but still there are so many depressed children. It doesn't make sense. And I asked you, I said, Julie, I said, it seems as if there is satanic entities or there are principalities over the city that we live in or the state we live in, because it's so different in other places where I come from in Connecticut, we didn't have that experience, but then we moved here and there are certain territories. You were telling me there's certain territories where certain principalities or strongmen have over. What do we do to tackle this? What could a community do? What could a church community do? Or even parents, what could we do to battle what is happening in the spiritual over our territory because God gave us his land and the enemy's basically trying to take over and he's trying to take our children. So what do we do? Because I know we're not the only state. I know Alaska has a huge issue too. Uh, but what could the community do? What could churches do? What could parents do? What could Christian communities do to battle this? What do we do? So one of the most important things that I will say um, is that we need to detach ourselves from the principality because principalities are these demons who have rank, are these 
fallen angels of high rank that they are they are quite strong and they take over territory cities nations so they are territorial demons that take over and principality is a, they are there to change the principles of that nation the principles of that city so what happened is that when you are living under an in an area that there is a lot of drugs a lot of guns a lot of as you say death suicide you, when you are living there you are falling under that under that cover that's why we talk about covers covers are important also in the spiritual realm uh, so they are there controlling the territory and they are releasing from there their minions so what happened is that we need to detach ourselves and our children for, from that influence so you pray i detach myself and my children and my generations from this principality that's moving in this area i declare a, a cloth of invisibility upon us and i declare the blood of jesus and we declare that we are attached to the kingdom of heaven and to jesus christ so that is one of the ways that's why i always say to people before you move to an area investigate what is moving in that area before i move to this area that we are in i first investigated the crime rate the you know the the, the suicide all of that stuff the schools, how the schools were, the mortality, all of that stuff, you investigate those things. Obviously, if the Lord is telling you to go to a place because you have a mission there and he put you in the middle of this principality of this place, that's fine. But before you move to a place, analyze and investigate about the place because then you are, it's like a kind of like a spiritual mapping with the physical things that you see, like the dead, suicide, dragons, you are going to kind of realize the principality that's moving behind that region. So that's why I'm careful with what I'm going to leave. And I try to see what is moving in that area. Once you go there, you obviously pray for the house before you enter any be be belongings. You cleanse your house physically before you put your things, your kids, your family, then you cleanse your house, you anoint your house, then you bring the things in, you detach yourself. But also I believe that it's really important spiritual warfare. So I believe that the churches, the community, we should learn how to target these things. And this is something, another thing that I will say, and is that a lot of people are entering into a spiritual warfare and they are suffering counterattacks and they don't know why. They are binding the principality. They are coming against the principality with open portals in their life. And that is an easy target for the enemy. People right there are doing, you know, I believe that the Lord has called us to do healings, deliverance, all of that stuff. But you need to be careful that you are not facing the enemy with open portals. Because yes, there is power in the name of Jesus, but you need to also analyze yourself and see if there is any open portal in your life. Because we don't send um, to a war in the natural soldiers that are injured. You don't serve to a war soldiers that have open wounds. Why? Because they are going to be an easy target for the enemy and the enemy is going to go straight for them to take them down. So that's why I believe that before we enter into warfare, first of all, make sure that you have closed portals in your life, unforgiveness, sexual immorality, pornography, all of that stuff. Make sure that you have all of those areas closed, occultism, all of, all of that stuff. And then you also need to ask the Holy Spirit, am I called for this battle? Because in the Bible, we see that the children of Israel, they never went to a battle without asking God if they should go to the battle. And what happened is that the times that they didn't ask, they normally lose, they lose their, their children, their 
their their possessions because it's going to be a counterattack. And this is in the spiritual realm that people don't understand that we need to be careful because we might suffer with counterattacks. So I believe we have the authority and the power through Jesus to come against that. But we also need to understand that you can go to warfare without understanding who your enemy is. And that's something that I see so many people doing and it's scary because it's like I see people binding the strong man coming against the principality and it's like do you actually know who are you facing do you are you do you have op op open portals and then we see these people that suffer counterattacks from the enemy because they have open portals and they have injured and now they have all of these sicknesses and the marriage was destroyed or they have an awful accident and it's that that so we need to understand also important for the spiritual warfare when you enter into spiritual warfare and you leave a spiritual warfare, you need to bind every counterattack, revenge, death, accident. So before you enter and uh, um, before you leave, at the beginning, you bind, rebuke, a, a bind, a, a counterattack, revenge, death, accident, a, a poverty, a destruction. So the, the, there are strategies that we need to take before fa facing that. But I believe that the first step that we have to do is prepare the church in healing, deliverance, closing portals, and preparing people in how to take these territories. Uh, um, but I believe that the first step for us is to start at home. Um, obviously, um, making sure that you are detaching yourself from the principality of the region and covering yourself with the blood of Jesus, your children, the school. Um, I normally, I, I do this with my son's school. So when the Lord placed me to work in his school, with these children with mental health issues. I did a lot of prophetic acts in the school and I also removed a lot of witchcraft books from that place. You can even imagine. I used to go to the classroom, witchcraft stuff, occultism, move, really, really gone. And they never realized, I hope they're not watching this. <laughs> so so even in your, in your children's school, you need to go out there, do prayer walks around the school. If the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do prophetic acts, with salt, with wine, with, with oil, you are knowing the school and, and prayer words and also start from there because remember what is moving in the, re in the region is gonna fall in the school. And obviously the children are, you know, there is not, I don't wanna call that the teenagers are weak, but uh, teenagers are going through a process of emotions and they are learning who they are. So they are, that's when some of them know who they are in Christ and some of them don't. So it's like confusion there, like they're going through that process. So all, we need to cover also the schools. So with that understanding, you can go to the school, review what is moving in that area, you protect the school. So this is what I do in my, in my son's school. And I just go, I went inside the school, I did all the prophetic acts, everything that the Lord showed me for, for that year, and then outside protecting, covering the school, the children, that the Lord will remove every person that is not from him, that is sent there to destroy, kill, and confuse the, the teenagers or the young people. Um, and, and just just declaring, you know, the atmosphere of freedom in that school. So that's kind of like how um, I will do it. But I believe that it's so important to train and equip people or have to do with spiritual warfare. This is why I don't like to send people straight away into warfare and tell them you go and bind the principality to do, do this because I don't understand. I don't know how they are. I don't know if they have open portals. I don't know if they have because I don't want to send them to war and then they have they suffer counterattacks and it's dangerous. So I think we need to be careful with these things. These, these things are real. And I would just want people to understand 
the in the natural the soldiers don't go to war without understanding who the enemy is their first plan their first know the territory that they are going into their first know who their enemy is they prepare themselves they train they get equipped and then they go to take over because you are facing demons of high rank and this is what people don't understand and i know that for some people all of these things might be new but i'm not here to speak about normal things that christians talk i'm here to you know expose darkness and give people a strategy to, or, or how things you know uh, um the, the the right way that i believe that things should be done um so yeah that's good now i'm so glad you mentioned a lot of things you mentioned one is drugs now uh i know colorado was one of the first states to legalize marijuana now it's gone all over i don't know how it is in the uk where you are but is drugs a gateway why do you think the enemy is using politicians and and lawmakers to usher in or legalize drugs even like crazy like deep drugs even though all drugs are bad but why do you think the enemy is using drugs to be legalized is there something behind that so this is what i was trying to explain the other day the other day and in the other uh, video and i was talking about the seven mountains that how god has called us um and I, I i saw some people saying that that's not in the bible where in the bible says that we have been called to the world go and take the world so we have been called to the world i haven't been called to go to a church every sunday to clap hands i don't know about you but that's not me i know that our mission is to go to the world to expand the kingdom of God. And how you do that? You don't do that in a Sunday, in a church every Sunday. You do that by taking the high places. You do that by checking, as you say, the governments. The enemy is taking the governments because from there, they are releasing the principalities. So can you see why it's important for us to take over the government, over Hollywood? Because if we take control over that, we are kind of like controlling what is being released to the nations. So that's why the enemy now is taking over the government, is taking, is, is taking over the mountain of government to release their principality and the drugs. And what happened with drugs is that the enemy is using that because when you are having drugs, you are kind of like opening yourself for the spiritual realm because some witches and, sat and, and satanists, what uh, were they're doing rituals, what happened is that they use drugs because is that kind of like you are open to the spiritual realm and when you are doing rituals or things like this that opens you to see and to feel more things in the spirit and that's what happened that when people are exposed to that i have seen i have even done deliverance on people that consume drugs before and now they are dealing with the schizophrenia why because they have been exposed to that so what happened is that now the enemy has took over governments now the uh, the governments now are being influenced by the enemy to release that over the cities and approve these these um these laws of of drugs of uh, uh, abortion and all of those things that's why i say let's take over let's just not sit in charge let's take over the seven mountains and i repeat it again let's take over it's not in the bible but in the bible say let's take over the world so let's take over the seven mountains which represent the world so they release them and the drugs and all of these things so now is legalized so now people can have it open so now you are not scared that you know that you are not going to get caught when you have drugs when you have all of those things and what happens is once you have that you are giving a legal right to the enemy and you are opening your spiritual senses your spiritual eyes and you are exposed to that so what happens is that 
a lot of schizophrenia can come for that, hallucinations, a lot of these things that now people are experiencing. Now they are seeing things, they are seeing, and, and I see uh, even like um, people that have like mushrooms, there are some um, mushrooms that are, I don't know how, hallucin, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, so there are mushrooms that make you that, and they do that to travel and to experience and to experience, and it's dangerous because I have encountered a lot of people that by doing that, they are now dealing with depression, anxiety, suicide. And I know in particular, someone, uh, a friend of mine, um, his brother was exposed to that. He was exposed to a drug, and now he was dealing with um, schizophrenia, uh, hallucinations, and he ended in, the, in a, a psychiatric. So that's the best way for the enemy to, co to control people opening, exposing them, when they are exposed to that, the demons come harass them. And that's why you see a lot of people that commit suicide with their own drugs. You hear that a lot of people commit suicide with their own drugs, or they have mental health issues, schizophrenia, and, uh, and they end up in these clinics. So I believe that that is one of the strategies of the enemy. They, and it's been released through the government, through one of the mountains. So that's why I said, we have been called like, not everyone has been called to be a prophet, a pastor, an evangelist, but there are people that the Lord has anointed to take over the governments, like Joseph, right? He took the government. Daniel, he was working next to, um, a, uh, I forgot the name, but he was, no. yes, so he was working there. So that's what I believe. Like, don't tell me that we haven't been called to take the world. We have been called to take the government. We see that in the Bible. Um, so, yeah. Well, now I have a question for you because I've been trying to figure out this for years. Maybe I know the answer. I don't know. But do drugs allow the enemy to take over their body as in a demon possession? Because I know a few years ago, I'm sure people can remember this. In Florida, there were a lot of uh, situations where people were eating or I don't know, sniffing out on the bath salts and they would obtain what they would call an angelic or godlike strength, where they would just like ram into cars with their heads and it would shatter or like police would try to tase them. They wouldn't go down. Like they would just throw police off of them like Hercules and, and they would call it godlike strength. They would have crazy godlike strength and then they would like deteriorate, deteriorate after. So does drugs allow the enemy to possess the body? 100%. That's why it's so dangerous. And what you say with the strength is that a lot of people that are demon possessed. So we know that Christians can be demon possessed, but they can be oppressed. So their soul that we talk, I don't know if I talk about that last time, soul are the will, mind, and the emotions. So Christians can be oppressed in the soul, but obviously people that are possessed, they, they don't even know what they are doing. So that what they are doing uh, uh, drugs, that strength, it comes from the, uh, from the demon that is inside of them because some of them, they have strength and that it manifests. And I also had an experience with, um, I'm not gonna say who the person is, but someone closer to me and he got possessed. And one of the things it was that this strength came and it was like four or five people trying to res wrestle him. and we couldn't do anything because it was so strong and you can see his eyes and he was uh, on drugs and his eyes were going and the strength or having five men trying to think it so strong so that was one of the things that why drugs is so dangerous you say oh no it's not harmful and just smoking this is fine but you have been exposed you are giving the enemy a legal right 
to come and torment you, to press you and to, to possess you. So that's why it's so dangerous. And I have seen a lot of cases uh, um, where people are taking drugs and they just start to do weird things. I re recently saw one, I think he was in Africa and this guy has had some drugs and he was in the middle of the street, like doing like, like a snake. So clearly it was like a Python spirit. And he was just moving like a snake and his eyes were gone. And he was in a stream full of rubbish and wood and the, the, the guy was just there like moving. Even the movements looked crazy. The way he was putting his body and it was just like, you could clearly see that the guy was possessed and before that he was taking drugs. So that's why I say 100% drugs open you and, and you give the enemy the legal right to come and possess you. Mm. That explains why why it's infiltrated infiltrated in the schools right now. I mean, it's crazy how much drugs are in the school. He's again trying to get the children. Now you were talking about principalities and the strong men. I know a lot of people watching don't know the difference or don't even know what they are. They don't know what a, a strong man is and they don't know what principalities are. So could you just explain what a principality is and could you explain what the strong man is? So we see that this is what I always say that people are right there cutting the leaves of the trees without identifying the root. So what happens is that before we are cutting the leaves of the tree, we need to identify the root, which means that I see a lot of people casting out the minions without identifying the strongman. So the strongman is kind of like this demon of high rank that is releasing the minion. So let's say the strongman of rejection is releasing the minions of drug addiction, depression, anxiety. So this is the strongman and all of these ones are the minions. So once you identify the strongman, you bind the strongman and the minions have to live in Jesus name. And the principalities are the one that control regions. So they are like fallen angels. Okay, I'm not gonna give a, a, a lesson of uh, demonology here, but the principalities are the ones that are assigned at the fallen angels of high rank and they're assigned to certain cities and countries to change the principles of that nation. This is why in government, these, they are influencing the government to accept the, a, a marriage of the same sex, to um, accepting abortions, to introducing this law of, of, of drugs and all of these things. So they are like that, the principalities of the high rank controlling territory. So they are territorial demons and they take over cities, over a, a, a regions. Um, yeah. Julie, so let's do a recap really quick. What should parents do? So we spoke for a while. What's a recap? What should we do? Bam, 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 to help tackle suicide and depression in our children we went over everything what's the summary okay so let's start from the beginning so if you are living in an area okay that you identify that there is a lot of all of these things uh, depression anxiety suicide you are going to detach yourself and your house from that area okay you are going to enter in, into a process of deliverance and killing yourself before going because once you are healed and delivered that's going to manifest also in your generations, okay? So you detach your, yourself from the principality that's moving in the area. You attach yourself to Jesus Christ, to his covering, to uh, with his blood. And then you are going to ask the Holy Spirit areas in your life that you need to target that are affecting your children. Could be iniquities or re, uh, rejection, 
traumatic experiences, and things that you went through as a child, as a teenager, or as an adult that the enemy is using as a legal right to now oppress your children. Once you identify those things, you are gonna pray, worship, fast, whatever the Holy Spirit guide you. You are going to forgive. Remember that forgiveness is the first step for deliverance. You are going to forgive and see if there's areas that you haven't forgiven people, your family or, or, or grandparents or, or, or friends. You are going to forgive. Then you are going to repent for allowing that to come in you, that anger, that hate, all of that stuff. You repent even for your children because we say we, we see in, in the Bible that Job, every morning he used to wake up at the sunrise to pray and burn offerings for the children in case they were doing something wrong. I, I, I don't know how to say es, exactly, but that's how kind of like he used to do. He used to pray in the mornings, offerings in case the children were doing some, 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 something wrong. So we clearly can see that, that we can do that for our children. So you also repent for them, for the things that they are doing, all of that. And then you start to renounce. You start to renounce the anger. You start to renounce drug addiction. If, you, if your children are dealing, you renounce depression, anxiety. You renounce rejection. You renounce sexual immorality. You renounce occultism, witchcraft, tarot reading. You start to renounce all of those things that you see that have been affected your generation, your ancestors, right? Yourself and your children. After that, you command the spirit to live. Why? Because you have removed the legal right. That's why it's so important to speak and decree. You confess with your mouth and your sins will be forgiven. So you confess. So once you have done that, the legal right is broken by the blood of Jesus. So what you are going to do now is that you command the spirit to live. I command every spirit of rejection and all the minions to live. I command every drug addiction, isolation, depression, anxiety, and suicide to leave me and my generations right now in Jesus' name. I cut the spiritual umbilical cord that has passed this iniquity through me and my children. I break it right now with the blood of Jesus and I just release freedom to me and my generations right now in Jesus' name. So obviously, if the Holy Spirit keeps showing you things, you keep renouncing, repenting, and commanding the spirit to leave, breaking. And then obviously, you need to renew your mind. So after you have done those things, the renewing of the mind is important with the Bible, with a lot of worship, praying. You need to feel those things so you don't get counterattacks and the enemy it doesn't come and find the house empty. So you are going to do those things. And then obviously, as I said, if there's something that really concerns you about your son, your daughter, remember first you pray be, be, uh, for going to speak to them, bind, mute, and confuse every spirit that you see that's moving around them, confuse your argument, and then you go and talk to them. And it has to be a conversation. Your children has to open to you and explain to you what they are uh, go, going through. That is important. But before that, you can also pray in the background, repent. Remember to, uh, to, rebuke, to rebuke the wind and speak to the way. So you rebuke the principality that's moving behind, and then you go and speak to them without causing them too much, you know, screaming to them or removing the things from their house. And that's how, that's how, that's how kind of like we build a strong families and a strong children. We first need to identify that their issue might be because of us. So instead of us being angry, screaming to them, we need to identify, oh, maybe there's something in me that I have to change. And remember that the best advice that you can give to your, to your, to your children is your example, the way that you are living. Remember that the things that you are bringing to your house also affect the children, especially fathers, dads. What you are watching is going to affect them. What you are bringing into the house, if you are watching pornography, 
don't expect that your son, your daughter is dealing with sexual immorality. If you are committing adultery, don't ask why your son, your daughter are dealing with those things. And the mom, we are, the father is the head of the house. So that is, there is a special authority there. And if everything enters through the head, so that's why us as parents, before we target, it's important that we target them, but first analyze ourselves as parents, as fathers, as mothers, what are we bringing into our house? What are we allowing the enemy to take over? Because everything is going to enter through us. What we watch, what we listen, what are we hearing? What, even what are we speaking? Are you speaking death? What are you speaking over your children? I see a lot of parents saying you are useless. You don't do, uh, you can't do anything. You are stupid and calling those things. And it's like, why are you releasing those words? When you release those words, the demons are waiting to chase after those words and make them reality. Be careful with the things that you declare because when you declare those things, they are staying in the atmosphere. And then you have to start cancel every single word that you have been saying and breaking and rebuking and canceling all those things that you have released on the atmosphere. So those are kind of like the things that I would say that it will help our teenagers, our children uh, to be less strong uh, children and teenagers in their identity, but also it will help us and it has to start first in us. Thank you so much, Julie, for that. That was really good. Now, I want to go over one more thing before we end. And this is, uh, this is something that really gripped me when you spoke to me about it. You said rejection rejection, 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 because it leads to rebellion and then um, rebellion to witchcraft. Could you just touch on that? Because I know a lot of children have been rejected or they're being rejected at school or even at home. So could you just touch one more time about the rejection aspect? Because I feel like that has a lot to do with what's happening around our globe right now and in America and in the UK. And just, could you just touch on rejection one more time? Yeah, so rejection, as I said, is that there are many ways of rejection to enter. Like the wound of rejection begins early in our lives when we are children in the womb. It can also come generational. It can come when we are teenagers, when we are adults, uh, if we go through a divorce, through a death, whatever it is, rejection can come in all of those stages in life. And we don't realize, but many people move through life with hearts and all of these scars that we don't we don't treat and what happened is that i see infect i see rejection as an spiritual infection okay so just like a physical injury if you don't heal it it's going to develop and it's going to cause an infection so this is the same thing that happened with rejection and you know that rejection leads to unforgiveness because when you feel rejected you feel that you are not loved you feel that you are not accepted that your parents don't accept you or your friends and there is a portal for rejection with opens and forgiveness. So there is a spiritual infection and a lot of people grow up without healing that. And it just becomes a huge spiritual infection that is bringing more infirmities and is bringing more issues. So this is why it's important that we target rejection and we target unforgiveness. And what happened is that these people that have been rejected, right? These people that now have unforgiveness, what happened is that they become rebellious because now they want to protect themselves from her and they don't want to be uh, taken advantage of. So that's why now rejection, uh, unforgiveness, bitterness 
they uh, uh, become rebellious. And we see in the Bible, we see that even in First of Samuel, uh, uh, I think 15, 23, it says that for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, right? So uh, 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 rebellion, rejection brings rebellion and then rebellion opens the portal to witchcraft, which is occultism or control and manipulation. Okay, so this is why we need to target uh, um, those things. And as I said, I believe that rebellious people usually have a strong spirit of um, witchcraft, a lot of control, a lot of manipulation. And this is why teenagers, when they have been rejected, they go to rebellion. And what happened is that now they are interested in the occultism. Now they are being exposed. And I see a lot of teenagers that now they start to learn, oh, what is witchcraft? What is uh, spells, hex? What is all of that? And they start to have that, um, that thing in them that they want to know how to be involved in witchcraft and how to control and manipulate other people. So that is what happened with rejection. And that's why I believe that rejection is, for me, rejection is one of the main portals that brings sexual immorality, that brings occultism, that brings unforgiveness and fear. And I think I'm missing, I'm missing one. So that is, for me, rejection. That's why I am always targeting rejection because there's always somewhere there that the rejection has been opened the portal and I believe that this is what happened to our teenagers this is what happening to our children that a lot of them are suffering with um, schizophrenia they are being double-minded why because rejection is the doorway to double-mindedness which is related, as I said before, with the schizophrenia. So um, double-mindedness is when you, you know, when you, when you don't know what you are doing, what you don't know, where are you going, and and the, the this double-minded teenagers, what happened is that they now one of the um, fruits of the double-mindedness is that now they are wearing piercing statues, dressing in a certain way, a, a, a drug addiction, smoking, and all of that stuff. That's kind of like double-mindedness because there is an open portal there for rejection. So rejection, as I said, opens the portal to um, bitterness and forgiveness, which then leads to rebellions. And as I said before, that leads to um, witchcraft. So what we have to do, again, to help our children, first of all, is starting us, all of that, but also we, we need to attack the rejection as, a, as, the, as the stronghold and then attacking the root of bitterness, which then that is the core for the rebellion stronghold. Once you target the bitterness, that is what leads also to rebellion and rebellion to um, witchcraft. So then I hope it's not too much information. <laughs> <laughs> no, so good. Wonderful. Okay, Julie, now tell us again about your ministry, your deliverance ministry. Yeah, so Julie Lopez ministry um, is focused in healing, deliverance, uh, the prophetic and a spiritual warfare. So one of the things that, um, that uh, Julie Lopez ministry is, is training people in the prophetic um, uh, how to discern the voice of God, how to be activated, their spiritual senses to see and to hear in the spirit. Because then when you do deliverance, then you partner with the Holy Spirit and you can see what the other person is struggling with and you get a word of knowledge. So you connect with the Holy Spirit. That's why for me, deliverance and the prophetic goes together. So I also help people to uh, do deliverance, to help them to target these areas, to be set free. But also I give them the tools, I equip them in deliverance so 
uh, so they don't have to wait for someone to come and put hands on them. But now they know how to do self-deliverance. Now they know how to go and, and, and pray for their children or pray for their marriage or for their family members. So now we are equipped. So I'm trying to equip people training in deliverance, in a spiritual warfare. And um, also my, my, my heart and my passion are children and, and young people. Uh, uh, so I believe that the Lord also wants me to do something in that area, but uh, I'm praying about it. <laughs> okay, good. Now, if a teenager wants to join your deliverance ministry, are they able to? Of course, 100%. And that's something that um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do now is that I open, I'm going to open a community for teenagers, because I have actually a lot of people like 15 year old, 17 year old that are there, which is great, they're learning, but I wanna give them their own space so they can communicate with other teenagers, with other people that they might be struggling with the same issue. Uh, teenagers uh, with um, that have their own age, so they can join, they can, they can share. If they have any questions, they can also reach me or my team and I just have them there and we can pray for them. And that's why I'm saying that I'm praying about what we are going to do with um, the, the uh, teen, teen, teenagers. But I definitely know that I, I'm going to open a private commu community uh, on band is an app for them to join. But definitely, like if you are a teenager and you want to join, you want to be equipped, this is also for you. As I said, there is no junior Holy Spirit. You can be also be trained and be uh, equipped. We have one girl that she's 15 and she's been trained, she's been equipped, she, she prophesies and she's learning about deliverance. So it's a good place, yeah. Amen, great. So Julie, could you end this out in prayer? Could you pray specifically for the children, the youth and the parents? Yes, okay. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did tonight. Thank you, Father, because I believe that you have opened the eyes of the understanding of your people. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we bite and destroy the decree, Father, that was sent out in the spiritual realm, Father, to kill our young generation, to kill our, our children, our teenagers, Father, with, with the intention to terminate legacy, Father. We destroy those decrees like right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we cancel also that evil decree and release the spirit of God, Father, to be put out as promised father upon all flesh father that all of these young men young girls father shall have dreams and visions father and even father if they have the tendency father to fall lord we we pray and we decree that you will rise them up father let us as the body of christ lift up a standard father breathe true to them father we declare life over this generation and those are father that are coming father i just pray the spirit of discernment wisdom and revelation is going to be released, Father, over every every mother, every father, every person, Father, a, a raising teenagers and young people, that you are going to give them the spirit of discernment, wisdom, and revelation, Father, to raise, Father, our next generation according to your will and in your word. Father, I bind every spirit of confusion, every spirit of manipulation, every spirit of lie, every spirit, Father, that has been trying to kill our generation of suicide, depression, and anxiety. And Father, I command them to live right now in Jesus name 
I declare, Father, that you are raising up an army, that you are raising up children, that you are raising up teenagers, that in this next season, Father, we are going to see a revival in these teenagers, that the eyes of their understanding is going to be open, Father, so they can see who they are in you. And I just declare, Father, that our teenagers, our children are going to take, Father, over the seven mountains, that they are going to be places, Father, in high places, that they are the head and they are not the tail. And Father, I also break the legal right, Father, that the enemy has over them, Father, in regards to rape, molestation, Father. I break the legal right with the blood of Jesus. And I declare that we are not going to have children, teenagers that are, that are going to be molested or raped because we break that right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray right now for exposure, Father, in schools, Father, in system, in places where the enemy, in family calls, yes, where the enemy is using people, Father, to bring destruction to these teenagers, to these children. I just pray right now, exposure. Father, let their darkness become light. I declare, Father, that you are going to be exposing, Father, in the family course, Father, every wicked, Father, every person that's been there to destroy and kill, even in government, Father, we just declare exposure and in the family system right now, because I know that the enemy is bringing a lot of destruction and a lot of confusion. So, Father, we just declare, Father, judgment against them, Father, right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we just cover these children and these teenagers with the blood of Jesus. And we just ask your Holy Spirit that you touch their lives, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I just release your freedom and your love and your identity. And thank you, Father, because you are raising up, Father, children that they are going to know who they are in you and they are going to understand, Father, times and season. I release that over them, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Are you looking for some deep believing, bold quoted Christian t-shirts, hoodies, or sweaters? Look no further. Visit myjesusfriend.com to get 10% off whatever you want when you enter promo code BELIEVER21. That's www.myjesusfriend.com.